It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, recording at home once again, so apologies if it sounds janky. Went back to look uh, to listen to yesterday's, and it sounded fine. It sounded okay. Not great, but it sounded fine, so please uh, please be patient. I think tomorrow we will be back to normal, so I am, uh, trust me, I am looking forward to that. We got some uh, few uh, bits of news to get to, and then we're going to air a conversation that Painter Sharpless, front of the program on ESPN 106.7, had with with Darren Bates. He and I were supposed to talk to Darren together yesterday, but if you listen to the show yesterday, that was not a thing that happened. So we'll still air that conversation for you guys, and uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. So um, if you like it, please uh, hit up Painter and tell him uh, that you appreciated uh, the conversation. He's at Paint Sharpless on Twitter. It's the best way to get in contact with him. But a few uh, a few things I want to touch on first. The first is uh, actually, I think, good news for uh, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, which, of course, Auburn is slated to take on UNC. And uh, I, th- I don't think a lot of people know that the Chick-fil-A kickoff, it's, it's three different games across three different weekends. So September 5th, it's Florida State, West Virginia. And then September 7th, it is uh, North Carolina versus Auburn, obviously. And then on September 12th, or I'm sorry, Auburn's on September 12th. So uh, also Georgia takes on Virginia. I, I messed all that up. Florida State, West Virginia on the 5th. Georgia versus Virginia on the 7th. And Auburn and North Carolina on the 12th. And of course, that's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And uh, all these reports came out that the ACC was going to follow the big was it the uh, who else has decided to do that? The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, as far as going conference only, and it was reported that the ACC was going to follow that. So everybody assumed that this was canceled because uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of comment and say like, "Well, you know, this game's not happening." Well, I think they believe that it is because the ACC actually never did that. So right now, the ACC and the SEC they're trying to play football, and you got to respect that. But uh, this is from. 247 Chick-fil-A kickoff game organizers are doing everything in their power to play its triple header of big time matchups this season, but they won't happen without spectators, according to Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl president and CEO Gary Stoken. Social distancing will take place inside Mercedes-Benz in an effort to keep fans safe from the potential spread of the coronavirus. Looks like he was on the radio on Atlanta's uh, 680 The Fan saying, quote, Gary Stoken just told us they have 25%, 30%, and 50% capacity scenarios in play. And uh, Stoken says he's been in contact with the six participating schools, obviously Auburn and UNC being two of those. And he said, quote, uh, to a local newspaper down in Florida, quote, we're planning on playing all three Chick-fil-A kickoff games, September 5th, 7th, and 12th. Glad he said the date's better than I did earlier. He also said, quote, we've heard from the commissioners in the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC that they'll make some statements at the end of July. Not sure whether that'll be if they're going to 
play a kind of schedule or if they're going to start in September. So we just have to wait and see. In the meantime, we're talking to all six schools in the three games, talking to the conference commissioner's offices, talking to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and just planning how three games are going to happen. That's the plan right now. Stoken said there are contingency plans in place if the schedule goes awry, but did not go into detail on how refunds would be distributed. I mean, that's kind of been the big question. Is like, who do you decide gets to go? And, you know, if you already have a ticket, how do you determine, you know, if, if your ticket is no longer good? That's kind of been the biggest question on how in the world do you do this? But I think this is good news. I think this is good news in the fact that, all right, you know, one of Auburn's, you know, one of their biggest games, you know, outside of the, the big three, arguably the big four, since, you know, a lot of people are so high on Texas A&M with LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Uh, I think this is the biggest one after that. Um, so I, I think that's important. I think that is, uh, I think that's a good thing. So I think they're going to play it based on, you know, kind of some of the more recent reports coming out. And the fact that the ACC hasn't followed suit with some of the conferences that have said, hey, we're just going conference only. Once again, I think that's a really, really, really good sign. Want to give some love to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. You know, Alabama has the fourth highest tax rate on distilled spirits in the in the country per gallon. So if you buy two handles of liquor in the state of Alabama, you'll be taxed $19.15. Jordan, on the other hand, is ranked 37th in the country with an excess tax rate of $3.79 per gallon. That is a $16 difference. And, you know, Michael and I have talked about it before. You can tell the difference. Just kind of walking around the store and seeing the prices, it's uh, it's pretty significant. It's pretty significant, especially if you're buying for a group. You know, we've had people tweet at us saying that they're buying for a wedding and all of that. So I think uh, I think Frisky Whiskey is definitely worth the quick little drive over from East Alabama to West Point, Georgia. Frisky Whiskey is your one-stop shop for liquor, beer, wine, tobacco, and lottery. Just follow the billboards on Exit 2 on I-85 right when you get into Georgia. That's at Frisky Whiskey. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So uh, a guy that I think is uh, kind of on the rise, and if you're on Auburn Twitter or Instagram or on any of the message boards, you've probably seen him, but Duke Scoops, um, he is uh, he's kind of entered the recruiting coverage realm he went live on his Twitter page last night, and it's public, so I don't feel bad talking about it. But um, he's really high on Mark Anthony Richards. You know, I, I think he has relationships with some of the assistant coaches, so I think it's pretty trustworthy. Keith Niebuhr, who's the best in the business, has signed off on him as far as you know talking about how credible he is. So um, I'm a fan. He's been nice to me when we've interacted on the uh, interwebs. But yeah, Mark Anthony Richards, it, it seems like he is really killing it in drills so far. He's really standing out. And so that just kind of, in my opinion, makes the, the running back room even more complicated. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that being a hard decision for coaches in this weird offseason that we're having. So um, they're not doing contact yet. We always know, you know, you hear guys that look great in, in, in shorts. And then when you put pads on, you know, it looks totally different. So I'm curious to see what that looks like moving forward. But the race between MAR and Tank and, uh, and DJ – 
DJ is the guy being talked about the least. Um, you hear more and more good things about Tank and his leadership ability and all of that. I wonder if DJ kind of falls in this despite getting the most carries last year. I don't know. Early in the offseason, DJ was my pick, and now I'm starting to get less and less confident with that. And now I think it's going to be the Tank Bixby show, but we'll see. We'll see what that looks like moving forward and whenever, uh, if we ever got to get open viewing periods, which I doubt we will with the current climate of everything. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, also, you know, what is Sean Shiver's role? Is he going to be happy with the carries that he's getting? You know, everybody's saying he needs to get more involved. I'm like, how? How are you doing that? Um, he talked about J.J. Evans being a legit, you know, he's listed at 6'2", and he moves very well for his size. That's kind of being reported. And then, um, oh, we had some number changes. We had some number changes. I wish Michael was here to talk about this because I feel like he'd be all over it. But Owen Papo moved to number zero. You saw pictures on his Instagram or his Twitter. He, he posted pictures of him wearing number zero with like a photo shoot. And this is uh, Zacoby McLean, Chainsaw, is wearing number nine. So I'm a fan of... I'm a fan of defensive guys wearing single-digit numbers. I think one, or I guess zero through nine should be taken every single year. So I'm cool with it. I think it makes you look faster. I don't think it does anything, but uh, I'm a fan of it. I'm also a fan of the unconventional numbers. I love the NFL, but the way they make you have certain numbers for certain positions I think is dumb. So uh, good for these guys getting cooler numbers. Props to you. Um, talked about Chris Thompson, uh, being impressive as far as moving around. And, uh, he's also like apparently really, really smart asking questions and, and, and talking to coaches and all of that. So it'll be fun to see how that translates to the field. And then, I mean, something that a lot of guys are saying, Marco Damio, we've talked about him on the show here before, but he is apparently killing it as far as his athleticism. You know, we talked about some of the videos that he's posted on social media, with him having all this weight on and you know just jumping really high, he's impressive, man. And I think uh, I think that's starting to show more and more as he's finally on campus with the rest of the guys. So, want to share those notes. That is Duke Scoops. Check him out on social media. I think he's uh, I think he's he's definitely a guy to watch. What he says is um, I think he carries some weight. Um, also, this isn't really Auburn related, but I think it just affects high. Uh, just kind of affects football throughout the. Uh, throughout the state, but the AHSAA, the uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association, their board of control approved the return to play best practices recommended guidelines um, yesterday and confirmed that it plans to start fall sports on time. So they have the option to begin fall workouts on July 27th with the first week used by volleyball or football for acclimation purposes with uh, helmets only. The other fall sports, volleyball, cross-country, and swimming and diving can use the first week uh, for acclimation and tryouts. Schools not choosing that option may start fall practices on August 3rd, with the first contest not starting any earlier than August 20th. So looks like they're going to try to have high school football, which selfishly for me, that is a big deal because our station, we, uh, we carry Auburn High School, and that's a big part of what we do. So uh, I'm excited about that. I think that's a good sign. I think... I think for a lot of this, you just needed somebody to be the first to say, hey, we're doing this. So that's um, that's kind of my two cents on uh, on that. Before we jump into our conversation with uh, Darren Bates, or I guess Painter's conversation with Darren Bates, I want to give some love to our friends at rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning 
and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brands that his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers and phones with access to Rock Auto wherever you go. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. So visit RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at RockAuto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Right now, I'm joined by Darren Bates. Uh, Many of you know him as a very successful Auburn linebacker who parlayed that into a very successful NFL career. Darren, how are you, sir? Thanks for giving us some time. I'm good. How you doing, man? I can't complain. Uh, I know you are on your way to work out, so we do appreciate you carving out some time here for us. First off, I'll try to skip too much of the COVID stuff just because I know that that's on everyone's mind and it's a little bit tiresome, but given that we're in this set of circumstances. What has it been like for you, whether it's training, working out, um, trying to stay in the loop with football? How is all that going? It's been different. It's definitely different from anything I've, I've experienced. From this anything experience being playing football for this long. Uh, I don't think I went this long without playing football at all. And it's just different. You know, how to work out every day, just trying to keep the, the momentum going, just keeping yourself excited, trying to just – figure out what's going on, you know, just trying to keep your head in the in the game. But uh it's it's been interesting, but it's coming back around though. We're trying to get the game going, uh get teams calling. So it's it's a different experience. Are you optimistic that the NFL will be able to get together as you watch the NBA, the MLS and uh now the MLB try to get their seasons either started or back underway? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's something going to get done, uh, whether it's with fans, without fans. I mean, I prefer fans there, but <laughs> whether, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't bum me out that you know they're, they're still working on it. I think it's something will get done. I think. I think we will be playing football this year. So, Darren, if you would bear with me while I run through some of your high school and college accolades, there's quite a few of them here. You were two-time first-team Tennessee All-State safety. Uh, Your senior year, you ended up playing for Olive Branch High School in Mississippi. You collected 90 tackles, had four interceptions, nearly 900 yards of total offense, and were an all-region player. And then, of course, at Auburn, you go on and play a lot in 2009, you were tied for 39th in the SEC in tackles per game uh, and became a second-team freshman All-American, and from there your role continued to grow. So that leads me to this. I've always been curious, Darren. Clearly you were under-recruited. What about your game do you think scouts missed a decade ago? Uh, I, I wouldn't say scouts missed. I was at a school in, in Christian Brothers in Memphis that, mm-hmm. you know, they, that didn't get a lot of uh, – <clears throat> recruits that they should have got. It was a private school that was big, one of the biggest schools in the city that was big for football. And for whatever reason, the coaching staff at the school just didn't really 
promote guys to college. It was more of a Wednesday championship, that mm-hmm. which they never did. But uh, <laughs> it was more promoting that. And, and just never showed no love. So that's why I left that school and went to the school in Mississippi with uh, – with uh with KJ Wright and uh you know Cannon Smith and guys like that guys they were been putting in college D one programs for years now so you know, getting out there it opened up my recruiting uh somewhat not right away because mm-hmm. you know I didn't still didn't have uh you know any during the whole football season that my senior year I still didn't have any scholarship offers but until the you know, basketball season. You know, guys started coming to see Arbus Phillips, which was the number one. I want to say he was the number one tackler at that time in uh, in the country, or top five, one of them. And we had Rod Wilson, who was like top five safety, number one safety in Mississippi. So they would come to see those guys, and I just got lucky to be in the gym showing off my athleticism mm-hmm. and basketball practice, and that's how I got my scholarship from Auburn. Um. Was it an easy decision then, like with all the schools that were recruiting you, uh, when you got the offer from Auburn, did you have to sit on it for a while, or was it like, nah, man, this seems like a pretty good place? Uh, not at all. My only other offer was Central Arkansas and Arkansas State, so you can do the math on that and figure that one out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, wh- <laughs> what's your fondest memory at Auburn? Because you guys had some highs, some lows, and man. you man, you also played early, so you had um, a lot of experience, even as a freshman. Yeah, I I would probably say the uh, the uh, the national championship year. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. it was a great year. It was a magical year. You know, a lot of the games being down. You know, coming back or you know, being being just knockout blows, just here and there. It's, it's, it was just that year was just surreal. And me, my freshman year was also great. You know, coming in straight out of school, and I came in late. You know, then missed like I want to say the first week or two of training camp. Um, so. Those two years for me were probably the best. What was coming in late like? How much did that actually put you behind? Because once you got on the field, you performed well. I, I don't. Looking at it now, I don't think it really. It didn't obviously bother me, but you know, being home while you know I'm watching on Facebook, watching Chevante Starwork, who I was probably giving me all the information going on while they were you know, running and working out. So he was telling me everything that they were doing as far as conditioning and. Me and uh, my high, one of my high school quarterbacks was just going out and doing everything they were doing. So I was trying to keep up with it as far as you know, working out and you know, just getting on the grass and doing stuff. You know, it was hard to not be able to actually play football, you know, and actually be around teammates and you know, some of the 30 odd guys that was coming in. It was a different experience, but I feel like it, I still was ready and I got there. Uh, obviously, it paid off. Darren. I am curious to know, the Alabama game gets brought up from that 2010 season, but are there any games or moments from that season that you remember just as fondly as that incredible Iron Bowl from 2010? I mean, I think about how many games you referenced it. There were some knockout blows, even like the Kentucky game where there was a big lead and then you guys had to hold off Kentucky or whether it was LSU. I mean, we could pick, you know, like whatever. Uh, So I'll ask you, outside of that Iron Bowl game that was so incredible, is there a game you remember, or even a, a like a series or a drive that, that really stands out from that season? Clemson, the yeah. Clemson game. Uh, I honestly think that I thought they were going to beat us. I remember uh, yeah. so Jamie Harper <laughs> threw a little uh, halfback pass to Jerron Brown. That's who I, one of my partners I work out with, so I always bring it up to him. He <laughs> dropped the ball in the end zone on a diving catch. So I appreciate him for that shout out to him. Uh, and then that, that same, that on that last drive, they're about to kick the field goal to win, and the snapper, like, double-snapped the ball. So, and I was at the edge of, at the end of the line of scrimmage. 
And I was like literally the only person that saw him. I mean, obviously the ref, I guess they took the whistle out their throat and finally blew the whistle. But I got up jumping and pointing like, y'all not going to call this. And they finally, you know, as he kicked it and it, and it went in, they finally, you know, threw the flag and, and reversed it. And next you know, they missed the field goal. We won the game. That was, yeah. Was that a turning point? Was the South Carolina game a turning point early in the season where you guys started to go, all right, the offense is figuring it out. And the defense, man, like once you got into the red zone, it was it felt nearly impossible to score on Auburn's defense. I, I won't pretend like the 2010 defense was statistically the best ever, but when team, when y'all needed a stop, you often got them. And especially once teams got down the field, they had a hard time finishing. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll probably say LSU was the turning point. I was for us. I remember just being in the locker room, and after we won, we beat LSU. We all knew, like, Cam's going to win the Heisman. We're going to go to the National Championship. <laughs> that was literally, that's literally what everybody was saying. Like, Cam's going to win the Heisman. We're going to the National Championship. And that's what it is. And when it came to defense, I just remember a lot of times, like, guys, you know, we'd be on the sideline. We might be down 28 to 14 or whatever the score would be. And then it's just like Josh Bynes or Craig Stevens or somebody would be like, hey, it's time to go. And it's like, all right, let's go. And it just, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought up Josh Bynes because you guys were both, uh, if I remember correctly, undrafted free agents out of college and had great college careers and then turned them into great professional careers. Have y'all ever talked about that? Uh, no, nah, because every time we see each other, it's like, hey, I'm glad you're still in it. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure. love swapping jerseys for everything we own. It's, it's, we never really just sit down and talk about it, but since I'm going to have me a podcast, i got to have a long <laughs> Fantastic. And we're about to let you get out of here, but uh, I've got a few more questions for you. If you would, you mentioned that podcast. Where can people hear it? What's the name of it? Uh, tell everybody where to find that, please. Well, the name of the podcast is going to be called Raw Room. Uh, it's going to be with me and LSU's Jalen Collins. Uh, <clears throat> second round pick out of 2015 to the Falcons. Uh, you know, we got a lot. We went to the same high school. He transferred just like me his senior year to Olive Branch. And, uh, you know, we just got a lot to talk about. Uh, it's going to be on all platforms. And um, it's going to come out mid-August. We're shooting mid-August, hopefully. You know, if, especially if there's no football season this year, we're definitely going to keep it coming and uh, have it out for the fans, man, especially Auburn fans. Darren, we'll let you get out of here after these two questions. I, I know you've got to get to your workout. But I am curious, how much do players in the NFL generally care about their college teams once they've left? Uh, I think it's a good number they care. You know, some – Maybe had different experience. Everybody have a different experience, yeah. you know, at, at the university they went to. You know, like me, I'll just use myself as for example. I I love Auburn and everything Auburn has to offer. I just had different experience, so I, I feel like just just however your your experience was, your personal experience with the with your college and with your town was. And finally, uh, I'll leave you here, Darren. Have you had any people recognize you as the reason, or at least a primary reason, for the addition or the tweak of the leap rule a few years back? Because I feel like you mastered that, and then they took it away from you. Well, yeah. Honestly, it was Seattle Seahawks, who we played twice a year, and they took, they always, they they had a great special team. They always had a great special team uh, to this day. Shout out to Nico Thorpe. (laughs) <laughs> but they they uh they kind of like to take everything that we did. So we I want to say when I jumped the line first time, it was probably like week three or four against San Francisco, and uh, you know I didn't get it or whatever. But then we tried we doubled back probably eight weeks later, and I got the block. And literally two weeks later, 
that's when Cam Chancellor did it, and everybody was like, whoa, whoa. I was like, hold on, I just did this. <laughs> <laughs> and got a big block on it after after I blocked it with uh, who uh, who was it that recovered uh, Auburn man um, oh Will Herring yeah Will Herring recovered I, and then I got the block for him and you know <laughs> so it was just crazy to me everybody was like the camp chancellor the camp chancellor I'm like I, I literally just did this a weeks ago but hey it was all good you know I got friends that's, that's, that's vouching for me making sure everybody knows the damn base move. Darren, man, I do appreciate it uh, very much. It's been good to catch up with you. Again, if you would, tell everybody where they can find your podcast and when you believe it will release. You can find my podcast. Right now, you can just follow the uh, social media pages, raw underscore underscore room uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. You'll see me tweeting about it all the time, Instagram about it all the time. They'll be dropping on all platforms and looking for me in August. Darren, man, appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Good stuff between Painter Sharpless and Darren Bates, former Auburn defensive standout. Still in the league, still getting it done. So props to him. Thanks for uh, joining Painter for a few minutes um, yesterday when you guys recorded that conversation. That does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And now we are on TikTok. It's under my name at Z Blackerby. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we're back to normal right here on Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.